Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Beko and my partner, Hari. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. Um, this podcast, we're going to talk about McDonald's. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a franchise that everyone should know <laughs> if you live in 21st century. Uh, and we'll talk about in detail if uh, this, this company is worth investing into, looking more into, or if it is not. Uh, we'll go into details in this episode. All right, let's start with our, our, our disclaimer, Hari. Yeah, this is the Value Investor TV podcast. We are a podcast that helps you understand the concepts behind value investing. We don't know your specific financial situation, nor are we financial advisors. So please consult with the appropriate advisor before making any financial decisions. Great. Okay, uh, so just housekeeping items here. As we do with any of our episodes, when we analyze companies, we go down a checklist and this episode is not an exception. We will also go down a checklist. And if you would like access to our checklist, please email us at info at valueinvestor.org. Also, uh, if you would like access to our Slack community, Slack channel, please also email us at info at valueinvestor.org. And one last thing before we start, this McDonald's suggestion came from one of our listeners. So if you guys have uh, a stock that you would like us to cover, please also email us at info at valueinvestor.org. All right, I'll toss it over to you, Hari, to get started. Yeah, so we're going to go down our checklist, and the first <clears throat> questions that we're going to ask are related to the business. Uh, so, Becco, tell me what the company does, uh, what does McDonald's do, and be able to answer this succinctly. Okay, so... You know, I don't, I, you know, this is, this is a company that is very well recognized. You know, I'd say it's one of those businesses that is, is most, most recognized, you know, when you talk about brand mode, which you, we will talk about later in the episode, but you know, this is McDonald's is really a classic, uh, classic, uh, definition of how, uh, a, a company an organization is really, uh, is really leveraging their brand equity, brand power. Uh, and it's, you know, the golden arches is recognizable everywhere. There's things like uh, McDonald, Big Mac Index, right? People talk about Big Mac in Index. So it's really widely recognized all around the world. But, uh, you know, effectively what they do is they're, you know, fast food restaurant. Uh, they started in 1950, 1955 in San Bernito, uh, California, now headquartered in Chicago. Uh, and as I said, they are, you know, they're everywhere. They're basically everywhere in 119 countries. Uh, their market cap, just to level set our discussion, their market cap is around $130 billion and they bring in about $21 billion in top line. So just kind of give you the top, you know, just a you know, big picture of how, uh, of, of where they sit in terms of scale and size. Uh, and uh, we can dig specifically into their business lines. Um, I think a lot of people know McDonald's as kind of the creator or uh, you know, a company that really popularized this concept of franchising. And uh, if you look at their, if you look at their business segment, it certainly is true. So franchising is, you know, they make up, they make up significant, significant portion of their revenue through just franchising. So franchising, meaning they don't own the stores, they work with franchisee who license from McDonald's to own a McDonald and operate a McDonald. So as a company, they don't necessarily own the business, but they also, but, the, but then they support the franchisee who, you know, gets the right to open a McDonald's. Um, so that's the franchising business. 
but they also have their own um, restaurants. They own and operate their own uh, set of restaurants themselves. And, you know, we can dig into uh, more in the, in the subsequent discussions, but that's basically it. You know, they, they franchise restaurants uh, to franchisees and they operate their own restaurants. Boy, Becco, that was super succinct. Uh, super. Um, I would have also accepted they're a fast food restaurant uh, and then we could have moved on, but that's okay. Um, uh, so <laughs> Just wanted to give you sufficient color, sufficient color. Yeah, because nobody's eat here who's, you know, has eaten at a McDonald's. I mean, we've never heard of that before. <laughs> so, um, okay. Well, I think you, you know, amidst that verbal cornucopia kind of already said one of the competitive advantages for this business but um you know does the business have a competitive advantage and uh if so describe it in a in one of the categories below so we'll go through the categories uh the first being uh a brand moat or competitive advantage yeah so uh definitely brand Right. The Golden Arches is recognizable pretty much everywhere around the world. They operate in 119 countries, and they're still able to maintain that brand, brand presence. So I think that's something that we have to recognize as a strong competitive advantage there. Uh, you know, I put them, I would put McDonald's in the category of Disney, or I would put, it, put them in the category of Coca-Cola, for example. It's recognized basically everywhere. Um, and one thing that is interesting about this is that you know, they really do a good job of localizing their brand. And what I mean by that is, say you go to Korea, or say you go to Japan, or say you go to, I don't know, wherever, they really try to do their best to try to infuse their local taste into their menu. And and I think, and then on top of that, they run on franchisee model, right? And so people who run the stores are most likely going to be locals because they're franchising, right? And so they're going to know their community the best. They're going to hire people from the local community, right? It's it's pushing decision-making down to the franchising level. And they're able to kind of keep that, keep that kind of closeness with the community while at the same time maintain that, maintain that, um, you know, global presence, global brand recognition. So they certainly do have a strong competitive advantage uh, in that segment. Okay. Um, Let's look at the next question here, because um, I think we're going to be talking about the brand a lot as we go through this. But, um, you know, does does McDonald's have any um, what we call network effects? So, you know, maybe give us a, you know, your thoughts on that and see if it if it, if they do have anything like that. Yeah. So my my answer to that is is a no. Um because again, so maybe going back to the definition of what what this is, right? It's a it's a concept where the more people use it, the more valuable the product becomes. So a classic example is like eBay or Facebook, right? The more people use it, the more valuable it becomes. Um, here, you know, it's, it's not like that, right? The fact that you buy McDonald doesn't increase the value of Big Mac. Okay, um, I'll buy that. Uh, switching cost moat. Do you think this company has a, um, has a competitive advantage that of stickiness where once you buy a McDonald's, um, it's hard to switch to another McDonald's, uh, to another restaurant? Yeah. So that's a, that's a no. 
I think they tried to do something like this in a very macro scale, in a very micro scale, right? So like collectibles for kids' items, things like that. Like, you know, kids get to, you know, like collect, you know, toys when you when they get Big Mac or something like that. But, you know, it's 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 immaterial to the business. When I get a Big Mac, I can just walk down the street and get a Whopper, right? It doesn't pre- prevent me from doing that. Yeah, but who would want to eat a Whopper? I mean, that's just gross. I don't know. I mean, Shake Shack, how about that? <laughs> yeah, if I want to spend $12 on a burger, no thanks. Okay, um, you know, the next question, um, you know, because of their the company uh, and brand, do you think, or, or you know, economies of scale, I guess, do you think they have a low-cost moat? so that they're able to be undercut their competitors in terms of pricing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's already commoditized to the point that it doesn't really every everyone is I mean. You know, I, I guess they're I mean they're tar- they're tackling a completely different market segment, for example, like like if you think about Shake Shack or someone else they're targeting more upmarket. Like McDonald's is as low as they can be in terms of price. So I don't really think that there is a, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think that there is a competitive advantage inherent to this. I mean, I guess like they did pioneer the restaurant, like fast food industry, like, you know, really globalizing the fast food industry. Well, but so, um, I, I mean, the question that you would really want to ask here is because of their size, are they able to purchase potatoes, meat, et cetera, lower than, uh, you know, at than their competitors? Yeah. The answer is yes. But my subsequent follow-up question to that is, yes, they might be able to, but the difference between the purchasing power of, let's say, McDonald's versus I don't know, let's say their competition, like Shake Shack or, I don't know, a better competition comparison would be like um, uh, Burger King. Like the the price differential, does it really make a material difference to customer? You know, it costing 10 cents more, does it really make a material difference that I will go with McDonald's versus Whopper? Well, I mean, I I think the thing that you're looking for here is, let's say that McDonald's charged two dollars uh and burger king has the equivalent amount of meat also selling for two dollars but if mcdonald's cost is 80 cents to give you that and burger king's is 90 cents right that 10 cents is a is a fairly significant thing when you add it up over billions of you know orders over time right so i mean it the the question really you know gets down to the fact that I mean, I, I don't think that they do. I mean, they have an economies of scale, I think, that is significant, but I don't know that it's enough to really warrant a low-cost moat, per se. <clears throat> that's, what I'm, that's where I'm leading. Right? Okay. I, think, I think you and I are in, are in an agreement on this one, that they do have economies of scale, of scale, but it doesn't really have a material impact on the business and retention of the customer and winning customers over and things like that. Okay, uh, next question um, does does McDonald's have any intangible assets that are that you would consider uh, for their competitive advantage? You know, I'd tie this back to kind of the brand, right? The Golden Arch, um, the Big Macs, right? These are sort of 
you know they're they're uh they're iconic brands that is well is is widely recognized around the world and it is you know it is a it does it does materially improve it does materially impact the business okay well we'll keep keep going because i think we're going to get into more interesting stuff as we go through this um yeah potentially and I, I think we all can agree that the mode is a fairly significant is significantly tied to their brand um Okay, so looking at that competitive advantage that we've talked about, you know, how durable do you think that competitive advantage is? And, you know, wh- what what would be the potential risks if, you know, you and I were trying to compete with McDonald's? What would that, you know, how, how hard would that be? Yeah. I think, um, so I, I do think that it's very durable. But I do want to point out a couple of things, uh, which will have, which I think has material impact on the business. One is that there are brands that are trying to play in this space. For example, I think the most shining example is Shake Shack, or Five Guys, or you know, these up and coming—not up and coming, but they are—they've been around. But um, you know, they're relatively newer than McDonald's, and they do play in this space. But the way they have positioned themselves in the market is that they're not—they're not playing to the same market segment they've moved up market a little bit right they and, and therefore they charge premium um so that's one thing that i want to call out another thing that i do want to call out is that there is just general awareness about health like people are more attuned they're more aware of they're more health conscious so spending habits is going is, is is changing and so that's another thing that I, I do want to call out but having said all that though McDonald's is McDonald's. People eat a lot of McDonald's everywhere around the world. Um, and in terms of their brand, if their brand is the tip of the spear, I don't think that that tip is going to be is gonna, is is going to get dull anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think when you talk about competitors, I mean, even it's not even chains; it's local markets. They have competition. You know, the local burger shop um and let's not forget that you know it's not even think other businesses that make burgers it's also businesses that make um you know taco bell would be a competitor you know so there's there's a ton of um competition but i i would say at the same time mcdonald's can you can eat at mcdonald's three times a day right so they have an opportunity to get you you know one one or two times you know, or three times a day if they had, you know, if they wanted to, right? And so there's a potential there for, um, and and let's and that's not including snacks and you know people go in there for drinks and stuff like that too. So you know they they have a they may be you know they may face competition, but they have an enduring kind of model that people just can't get away from, right? Yeah. So I agree with that. I don't. I think it's pretty hard for them for anybody to compete. I, I think their mode is pretty rock solid, actually. Um, okay, let's look at the uh, next question, which is: What is the company's long-term prospects for uh, uh, and runway for growth? And so, what we mean by that is, <clears throat> you know, can the the company, you know, double its revenue, you know, in the next five, 10 years, you know, is it, is it, is there a lot of room for it? I mean, we've already talked about 119 countries, you know, that doesn't leave a whole lot of other countries available to, 
to target, right? You know, that they're probably, you know, serving close to 80% of the world's population at this point or more. Yeah. Uh, so w- what do you think so, about that? So I just want to shine a light on a couple of things that they're doing to try to try to make sure that they have you know, prospects for growth. So a couple of things that they mentioned in the in the 10K that I think is worth pointing out is that they're really trying to, they're doing their best, right? I mean, they're, they're McDonald's, let's be honest, they're not a growth company. They have kind of reached their, their, their peak and we'll talk about the top line growth here in a bit, but they are doing things to, you know, to catalyze, you know, growth, uh, you know, remaining growth that they, they might, they might be able to achieve. So for example, they are bringing in, you know, digital tech into their offerings. So like their apps, uh, you know, they have their, their apps, they have their self-order kiosks, uh, to reduce costs. They also have this sort of personalized, uh, outdoor digital menu so you can think of if you have your app and you and mcdonald's know your purchasing behavior if you walk up to a dashboard the menu might change for you just for you uh things like that they're doing things to kind of make sure that the customers are keep are you know are keep uh keep keep coming to mcdonald's and things like that uh so they are doing you know they are putting forth some effort uh and also delivery is going to be kind of uh, big, uh, it is it is growing. So, uh, you know, delivery market has grown from one billion to four billion in twenty from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. So there are spots of growth that you can see in McDonald's, but if you talk about top line growth generally speaking, it has been actually negative. So compounded uh, annual growth rate in terms of top line for the last three years has been negative five percent. If you look at the past five years, it's the same about five percent, negative five percent growth. If you look at 10 years, it hasn't grown at all. It's actually about 0.76%, negative 0.76%. Basically, it has flat. It, the top line has been flat for the next for the last 10 years. Um, but they are doing a few things to, you know, to kind of squeeze the juice, if you will. So they're, um, and we'll talk about this uh, more in the next episode, but, you know, they're doing things like shifting business more to the franchisee model. Uh, they're also, you know, doing a ton of buybacks and things like that. We'll talk about more, uh, about, about these things in the next episode, but back, going back to your question, top line growth, it's not a growth industry. They're not growing. They haven't been growing for 10 years. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I mean, I think the, you know, one of the things that we should consider here is that McDonald's may own other brands may, outside of their flagship, you know, obviously if their top line revenue is not growing, that's, that's one thing, but, um, you know, in the 10 K, do they talk about any other businesses that they either have an ownership stake in or are potential, you know, that they could use to acquire, you know, to make meaningful changes in their, in their growth rate, or are they focused mostly on the McDonald's franchise? They're, they're really focused on the McDonald's franchise, at least in the 10 K. They did talk about this one acquisition, and I looked it up. Uh, just general Google search. They they acquired this company called uh, Dynamic Yield, and that's and this company is a startup. They I think they this they haven't really declared exact price purchase price, but some say it's about three hundred million dollars. It's you know really dropping the bucket for them. But uh, they purchased them 
to get this kind of digital experience into their store. That's that's uh, that's the only thing that they really highlighted in 10K. Okay, well, um, let's keep going then. And uh, does the company require a lot of capital reinvestment to maintain its business? Um, and I think the second part of this was, can it grow without any reinvestment? So um, I think the answer to the second question is a, is a no. But looking at that first question, you know, this is an important one for a business that's kind of stable to declining. You know, do they need to, in order to prop up their revenues, do they need to reinvest in the business? You know, you talked about order kiosks as a cost-saving measure. Um, is that you know, the best use of their money, you know, what, what is the, um, you know, what do they need to do to, you know, I, I've, I've been in several McDonald's cause I'm a pig and, uh, you know, I eat, uh, like, a well, like I hate my body. So, uh, <laughs> does, you know, does, and, and many of them have been re, you know, refurbished or, you know, updated, um, in the last three or four years. So, you know, obviously that money is coming from that reinvestment line. So, you know, what do you see there? Um, you know, what do they need to do to maintain their business um, going forward? Yeah. So if I look at their CapEx, and they actually do a good job of breaking down the CapEx into kind of maintenance CapEx and then new CapEx. And maintenance CapEx is basically like like, like you said, Hari, uh, updating the fixtures, fixtures, you know, updating the kiosks into a self, you know, self-service kiosk, things like that. And if you look at that segment, um, just to give you kind of ballpark, capital expenditure total, total CapEx is about $2 billion, okay? Out of $2 billion, about $1.7 goes into existing restaurants. And that's been the case for the last three years, uh, at least. And so for, you know, for majority of the capex majority of the capex is actually going to existing restaurants maintaining and maintaining them updating them but about about 500 million 600 million uh, capex is going into new restaurants uh, so you know, going well, back to your, your are, sorry uh, yeah so i mean with that are you saying new restaurants are they is the number of restaurants growing or is it stable they're just shutting down old ones and opening up new ones it's actually net positive Net new, there is about in the last year. Uh, net new, about thousand restaurants. Hmm. I suspect, you know, I suspect the majority of that is going to come from outside of the U.S. In growing markets like India or China, for example. Okay. Um, well, we'll we'll keep going, and then um, you know, probably uh, summarize a little bit of what we've talked about here. Um, does the business have, uh, any problems with relationships with any of the following customers, suppliers, employees, regulators, uh, et cetera? No, not that I can see. Uh, I mean, it's such a big, big company, right? The size of it, the scale of it operating in 119 countries. You can think about all these very unique jurisdictions that have unique laws and you got to it's just a lot of overhead in operating all the in operating in all these different countries. You also have to think about currencies and things like that, and and so there are. It, it's very complicated to run businesses like this, and I'm sure if you if you look into this company with magnifying glass, we'll see you know red flags here and there. But from you know from the global level, it's, there isn't a, a big flashing red light that I can see. 
Okay. Well, I mean, you know, as with any simple business, you know, it's not, you know, the one of the things that you'll do as you as you get comfortable with investing and, and reading 10Ks, you find that simple businesses are probably the, are, are refreshing sometimes. You know, sometimes businesses can get very complicated. You know, I think anybody who is, you know, listening to this, could read the 10K and basically come to the same conclusions that we are, right? This is not a very complicated business to understand despite their size and their scale. It's a relatively straightforward business to understand. I mean, they make food, people buy it. You know, yes, they're shifting into various different quote-unquote growth areas like, um, you know, food delivery services. That, you know, they're opening stores, closing stores to, you know, but for the most part, this is a fairly straightforward company. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, we'll wrap it up for this episode. But um, in the next one, we'll talk more about the the financials, management. Um, what do we think this company is worth? Um, and are, are there any financial gotchas that we need to be worried about here? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Awesome. Um, well, I, I just want to, before we close, I want to make sure everyone uh, knows, you know, the... Uh, um, you know, we have a, a robust uh, community um, of value investors on our Slack channel. Um, if you would like access to that, or if you'd like to use the checklist that Becco and I have been using um, during this podcast, you can email us at info at valueinvestor.org. Um, on our Slack community or via email, you can also ask us any questions that you may have about McDonald's or any other company that we we've talked about or uh, if you want to make suggestions for a new company for us to talk about uh, in the podcast. So, um, you know, we're happy to have uh, have you guys. And, you know, if you know, if you're new, new to joining us, I mean, we're in uh, the hundreds of episodes at this point, um, you know, and if you're trying to get, you know, started with value investing, we would highly recommend the first 30 or so episodes of the podcast where we kind of break down the basics uh, of, of value investing. So, um, you know, we really appreciate that you're, you know, tuning in and, uh, you know, hope to hear from you either on Slack or you know, via email and hope you catch all of our previous episodes as well. Excellent. Excellent. Great. Thanks you guys for joining. Uh, I'll see you on the next one. All right. Thanks. Thanks.